This is the most honest, ghastly and excoriating description of ill-suited people in a marriage that has ever been written. Chapter 1, page 11. Henny belonged to this house and it to her. Though she was a prisoner in it, she possessed it. She was indwelling in every board and stone of it. Every fold in the curtains had a meaning. Perhaps they were so folded to hide a darn or stain. Every room was a file of revelation to be poured out some feverish night in the secret laboratories of her decisions, full of living cancers of insult, leprosies of disillusion, abscesses of grudge, gangrene of nevermore, and all the proliferating miseries, the running sores and thick scabs, for which, and not for its heavenly joys, the flesh of marriage is so heavily veiled and conventually interned. You're listening to Anything But Silent from the British Library. In the last episode, we discovered libraries through the eyes of children, from gaming your way around the library to writing the next generation of books to line the shelves. In this mini-episode, we'll hear from the author behind one of the most beloved children's characters of all time, Madame Doubtfire. Joining the library today is Anne Fine. As Henny sat before her teacup and the steam rose from it, the thousand storms of her confined life would rise up before her, thinner illusions on the steam. Henny did not laugh at the words, a storm in a teacup. Some raucous, cruel words about five cents misspent were as serious in a woman's life as a debate on war appropriations in Congress. All the civil war of ten years roared into their smoky words when they shrieked maddened at each other. All the snakes of hate hissed. My name's Anne Fine. I write mostly for children, though I have got several novels for adults. I was the children's laureate from 2001 to 3, and the books of mine that most people know best are Madame Doubtfire and Goggle Eyes. Oh, and perhaps Bill's New Frock. I've chosen a book, The Man Who Loved Children, by Christina Stead. It's actually a very autobiographical novel. Christina Stead terms herself Louisa in the book and describes her own family life, which was horrendous, I mean, really awful, mostly because her father, Sam Pollitt, in the book, is such an overpowering father. He is the man who loved children. And her stepmother, who is Henny in the book, was completely unsuited to raise a family of the size that she had. Sam Pollitt, the father, has all these children. He's absolutely convinced he's a wonderful father. And up to a point he is. He's intelligent, he's interesting, he's continually busy, he includes them in everything. But he is actually a control freak. They're not allowed to have a single thought of their own. He's meddles in their souls. And the protagonist of the story, Louisa, is an overweight, 
clumsy, unhappy 14-year-old teenager. And Sam is actually revolted by ugliness. She's not good-looking, as indeed Christina Stead always reckoned she wasn't anybody with any looks. And he always teased her unmercifully. I mean, he, he shredded her self-esteem. And you know that you see this in families around you even now, this resentful hostilities of the parent tearing away, pulling off the skin of the children. And I think it's never been better done. I found the book when I was living in Edinburgh. I had no friends, we'd only just moved there. It was a cold, drafty flat. The only pleasure I had was reading. I had a very small baby. And I found this book in the library and I'm surprised I took it out. It had no cover. It was called The Man Who Loved Children, which I think is a dreadful title and really off-putting. But I took it home. I remember it quite clearly as having an orange library cover. And I couldn't stop reading it. The flat was so cold that I read most of it in the bath with the baby up the other end of the bath blowing bubbles and the like. And it absolutely changed both my view of my own family and my writing forever. I think the whole business for writers, and might I say especially for female writers, is the business of self-exposure. You're often exposing yourself in the context of other people's lives as well. Everybody is raised in a family. We are not free as bandits in a landscape. And in this book, in which she is so viscerally, searingly honest, you occasionally recognise, you think, oh, God, that was what it was like for me, or I had a bit of that, or, I mean, nothing like her childhood. But it started me thinking about the psychology of my own family life and families generally. I do believe that families are the crucible of attachment, as a psychologist once said, but they are also the crucible of misery. And after I'd read this book, we moved to Canada where I was pregnant with my second child and it was winter and unable to work. I read nothing but psychology for nine months. I think I gave myself a little do-it-yourself psychology degree. And I know that it was this book that set me off on, on that path. And I think it's informed all my writing since. The novel was criticised at the beginning. It's now, I think, seen as a great novel, but it was criticised at the beginning for being overblown and she does go off on extraordinary fugues. But the quarrels between people and the exchanges between people are enormously accurate. You do have a feeling of being a fly on the wall and you do constantly, and I think this is always a sign of a great novel, you constantly have this feeling, yes, that is exactly how it must have been. And of course, because she took notes and she was always going to be a writer, it probably was exactly how it was. That's probably where the root of its power lies. It's a very, very accurate autobiographical novel. Children have no power in a family, and because often they're not particularly articulate, 
the depth of their feeling and the subtlety of their feeling is often not taken into account. And I think one of the things that a novel like this will do is remind people that everybody in a family, however young, has really, really strong feelings. They might be inchoate, but they're there and they really should be respected and dealt with. One of the sorts of books that I most despise are the books written for children that both patronise them and assume that they have no emotional range. Children, they might be half-sized, but they haven't got half a brain, and their emotional depth and their emotional range is actually enormous. It is no accident that he's very childish is an insult, even in a playground. I think that this book is the sort of book that makes people who live in a noddy world, who don't see what is actually going on, it makes them gasp. It makes them think, actually, there are so many undercurrents in life and that's the sort of person you would want to give this book to. You would want to give this to somebody who was complacent and assumed that everything was all right and all their children were happy and everything was hunky-dory. And you would want to give them this book and say, read this and see the world. You take off your rose-coloured spectacles and just see the world as it actually can be. One of the responses to my novels that I get is, oh, I'm sorry, but I really didn't like your book because I didn't like anybody in it. And I do think that that is very interesting because if you are peeling enough of the layers off anybody, you're not going to find the perfect person. In this novel, Sam Pollitt, seen from the outside by somebody who didn't know the family, would think he was the most wonderful father, really was the man who loved children. It's only when you get inside the family and see it through Louisa's eyes, as we do in the book, that you realise that there's more to everybody than being perfect. Nobody's perfect. Thanks to Anne Fine, who picked out the 1940 book, The Man Who Loved Children, by Christina Said. We'd love to hear about the writing that made you. Perhaps there's a library book you loved so much you struggled to take it back. Get in touch at British Library on social media and use the hashtag AnythingButSilent. Anything But Silent is a Pixie U production for the British Library. We'll be back in two weeks' time for our next main episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>